Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown and welcome to Women's News Daily. I am so happy you're hanging out with me today. We have so much to share. I've got a lot of great news coming up and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Just go to Women's News Daily and we can we'll we'll connect online, we'll connect socially. This is this is just a great time to be a woman. This is a great time just for us to share and collaborate and engage with each other. So that way we can move our collective agenda forward. Yes? Yes. <laughs> Today on Who's Up Next, which is a great segment that we do every single week, we have Keisha Rivers Shorty, and I'm going to bring her into the call into the show right now. Keisha, are you there? Oh, good. If you can turn your volume up just a little bit, so we can, um, so I can hear you a little bit better. I want to share with my listeners the wonderful organization that you have and the wonderful work that you do with women nonprofits. As you know, um, and as all of our listeners know, I'm the president of the National Council of Women, and we work mostly with. NGOs and nonprofits, not only domestically, but on a global level. And so when I found out that that's pretty much the community that you serve, I just thought it would be a perfect fit and a perfect opportunity for you to come onto the show and share a little bit more about what you do, because I think women don't understand the depth of what really needs to take place when they decide to start a nonprofit and what it really takes to sustain it. So if you could tell everyone a little bit about what you do, and then we can talk about your services. Oh, well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I truly appreciate it. Um, one of the, and, and as I was sharing with you before, um, I I have worked in the last um, 11 years with um, doing a lot of small business and nonprofit consulting. And um, over the years, I have found that um, a lot of organizations um, are started because of passion and because people feel connected to a specific cause. But once you get, you know, past the point of actually, you know, filing paperwork and um, and getting started, there's um, a disconnect between understanding exactly all of the issues regarded. Um, regarding actually building capacity, um, learning how to do strategic planning, board development um, for your nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, setting up a, um, a really solid funding and, and, and fundraising plan, understanding how to bring in volunteers, how to um, uh, create partnerships and, and collaborative relationships. All of that has, has us- is usually missing in a lot of um, smaller and, um, nonprofits. So what I did is I, I actually work with nonprofits and, and new and emerging nonprofits um, and established nonprofits in my firm, but I started my own nonprofit called the CARS Institute um, for Learning and Collaboration, and that nonprofit exists, um, we're 501c3, and we exist solely to provide training and capacity building support, fundraising, um, board development, um, looking at your program development um, and program goals. Um, it's sharing resources, but more importantly, bringing, um, creating a platform where we're able to have nonprofits work together in smaller groups and smaller cohorts where they can learn from each other, they can learn together, and they can expand their reach and their resources by working collaboratively and jointly on different projects. 
So I'm actually posting on Twitter right now. What is your Twitter handle? Um, my Twitter handle for the nonprofit is Cars Institute, K-A-R-S Institute. So everybody who's listening, um, I am tweeting right now that you really need to get connected with the Cars Institute because, I, you know, I'll share this. When my mom lost her courageous battle with ovarian cancer, I sprung into action. You know, that's my mom. And it was, I was so heartbroken that I watched her transition her last days right in front of my eyes. And I remember traveling back from where she lives. I was talking to any woman that I would bumped into about ovarian cancer, became extremely passionate. I wore teal everywhere I went to raise awareness, and I went out and started the National Women's Cancer Alliance. And it was great. I did this magnificent fundraiser at Madison Square Garden, which you know had to be super huge, partnered with WNBA. And within Mm -hmm. six months, I was burnt out. I hated it, and I was like, this sucks. Because I found (laughs) I was spending so much time on administrative stuff, and all I wanted to do was raise awareness about ovarian cancer. So I definitely Mm -hmm. am not one of those success stories. I shuttered the organization, and then I just became an advocate um, and a frontline advocate and spokesperson for ovarian cancer awareness. So, like, we do our tree, our Christmas tree in teal, my Thanksgiving is in teal, my nails are, te- you know, so, and that's what mm-hmm. I really wanted anyway. So I think it's so important that you said, you know, women, uh, for the most part, because that's our target audience, start these organizations and these entities out of passion without realizing how much labor and work it takes on the back end. I just shared why mine didn't work. What are maybe two or three tips that you can share with listeners that they can implement to help them make it work? Well, a couple of things that I find, you know, right along the lines of you, you know, you get involved because of, a, of an event that happens and you throw yourself into it. But one of the major issues, one of the major things that I always start with with a lot of the people that I work with is I ask them, what's your mind movie of success? what is it that you want this organization to look like and what should it be doing? And so what I do is um, it's similar to um, a lot of people do vision boards and vision board planning and all of that. But what I do is I, I ask you to sit down and I ask you to think about what does a day in the life of this organization look like if it's at its pinnacle of success? Um, if own network and Oprah Winfrey decided to do a profile of you or, or the Today Show or, or someone decided to do a profile and they followed you around with a, a camera for a day, basically chronicling everything that happened on that day, what would it look like? And, you know, who are you serving? Who are you talking to? Who are the people that are working around you? Um, who are the people that, that are, are partnering with you? Um, what are you doing as far as engagement in the community? What are you doing as far as engagement with, with strategic partners? Um, what happens on that day? And I found that a lot of times from sunup to sundown, you chronicle everything. And I find that a lot of times when people start looking at what their pinnacle of, of success looks like in, in that one day, it'll help them to see how much more they need to plan as far as mm-hmm. bringing in all of those things and making all of those things happen. So the first thing is setting up and, and actually dreaming about and thinking about and, and writing down what your mind movie of success would be. The second thing is 
to understand that you can't do it by yourself. And even mm-hmm. though you start it because you have a passion for something or something happens in your life that spurs you to action, you're no man's no woman's an island. There's no mm-hmm. way that you're going to have a sustainable organization with just having you yourself and I. Um, you know, women we have the superwoman you know syndrome and the Wonder Woman syndrome, and we feel that we can move the world, which we can. But to be sustainable, you have to have other people involved. So my mm-hmm. second thing that my second tip is to Write down, based on your mind movie of success, who are those people that you need to have involved. And you don't have to have names. You can start with just having roles. You know, I need someone who is awesome in marketing. I need um, someone who is able to go out and, um, and make calls on my behalf. I need people who can fundraise. I need people who can be on social media. I need people who can... Um, you know, be in the trenches actually doing donations and, and provide services. I need people who are willing to, you know, be um, alongside me and um, and work on, on doing interviews or, um, mm-hmm. or being at events. You know, what does it look like and who are those people? What are those roles that you need? And once you've identified the roles, then you can start looking at strategic partnerships and, you know, maybe doing internships with, with colleges and universities, um, maybe doing um, placement for community partnerships. Um, there are a lot of corporations who will allow their employees to provide volunteer services because that's part of their mission. Best Buy mm-hmm. does it, Target does it, Walmart does it, um, Chick-fil-A does it. I mean, there's so many corporations that you don't need to go out and find the volunteers. You just need to go to somebody and say, hey, this is my cause. This is what I want to do. And if it matches up with the, with the, with the project that they are interested in, they'll lend you the manpower. So, one, picking up that mind movie of success in terms of what you want it to look like, and two, realizing that you can't do it alone and being able to connect with people who are willing to, to come in and do the work for you. You know, it you're you're this is such great information. You know, I'm the head of a nonprofit as well. Well now and it's it's so funny. Ironically, you know, I was like I've had enough, I'm done. <laughs> and somehow found found my way back. But you know what? That I have to say to that point, nothing is ever done in vain. Because now I have a such a better understanding and grasp of what's needed to make this happen and make it happen in a more impactful way, a more impactful and sustainable way. One thing mm-hmm. that I understand about the nonprofit that I'm the head of right now is it was founded many, many years ago. And so I have the privilege at this point of being the 40th elected president to serve, but when I did it with my mom, it was me, and I had no plan for continuity post my death. And that's another thing that we have to look at. Like, we have to really look at succession planning and and our own mortality and what happens to this. So it's, it's, I think think it's so easy almost to start a business, but then there's that sustainability Mm -hmm. component. And, you know, you hear the stats of businesses lasting past three years and past five years. I'm happy there's an organization like the CARS Institute that really is seeking, that is really not seeking, but is really serving that population because there has to be a sobering voice somewhere in that process. And I, and I believe that's what you guys do. 
Yes, I mean exactly. And one of the um, the major things is I I'm, we also offer. Um, I've been a grant writer for over eighteen years, and in my um, in my work with um, being on both sides is being someone who has applied for grants um, and serving on um, as an executive director of a private foundation for a few years and being on the other end where I had to evaluate grants and listen in on the committee meetings of what people look for. The number one thing that they look at is sustainability. Mm -hmm. The number two thing they look at is replicability. Mm -hmm. And the third thing they look at is collaborative partnerships. Hmm. And the, and those are the top three things that most people who have a nonprofit or have a business, they don't pay attention to. They're right. so gung-ho about getting in and getting started, they don't think about what it takes to continue to move this forward. Because once your passion runs out in terms of mm-hmm. your energy for doing it, once mm-hmm. that runs out, you still have to look at what is this organization going to be doing. If it's not something that's a part of a larger cause and a larger dialogue um, and a Mm -hmm. larger conversation that's going on, then if you're the only one, then what happens to the people that you're trying to serve if you burn Mm -hmm. out? You know, you started awareness and, you know, you said there's a need and something needs to be done, but if you're not going to continue to do it and you don't have a plan in place for how it's going to continue to be done, then what are you going to do more harm than good? And so one of the, 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 the things that I usually um, I make my, the people that I work with aware of is, is what I call legacy building because your organization needs to go beyond just you. Mm-hmm. It has to go beyond your passion. It has to go beyond your personal interest. It has to go beyond your personal story in order for it to continue to have what I call that ripple effect of touching people that are not only within your community, but within your region or within your state or, you know, within your part of the world. And so you have to have that compelling reason for getting started and that passion for getting started, but you have to be able to communicate your vision. You have to be able to get people on board and you have to get them to work with you and for you so that the cause continues and the work continues. You, you're, this is great information. We have a, a question in the chat room that says mm-hmm. um, about how much money is needed to start a nonprofit. Well, that's I know a loaded that's a loaded question. question. <laughs> <laughs> we, were thinking, we were thinking the same thing, but that, but, but that's but that's the, you know that's funny because I was thinking this, I was saying that's a loaded question, and you were saying the same thing. Yes. Um, but that just goes to show, like people are kind of, and I say this respectfully, you well, just want kind of want to throw it out there, but you know but, about how, because well, I know it's pricey to set up a nonprofit. Well, I did here's it. The thing. <laughs> okay. me, I did. Yeah, and 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 here's the thing. The way things have, have evolved over the years, to, now there's a difference between starting a nonprofit and operating a nonprofit and sustaining a nonprofit. <laughs> there you so, go, girl. Just mess with people's heads. So, <laughs> right. So, so you, you have to look at all, three, at all three areas. To start a nonprofit, which basically comes down to getting an EIN from the IRS, on irs.gov is free 
filing your articles of incorporation with the Secretary of State. It depends on the state that you're located in. So if you go to, um, you do a Google search for Secretary of State and then put your state's name, it'll bring up the website and you can go on there and see what the paperwork is, the filing fee. Um, sometimes it's as low as $25. Sometimes it's as high as 150 or 175 $200, depending on your state. Um, then there is, um, you know, registering, some of the states have you register with another agency, usually Department of Revenue for the state or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, so filing the paperwork and getting the EIN and then, you know, making your initial deposit into a bank account to start your, you know, open a bank account, you could technically start, quote, unquote, a nonprofit, which means that you're filing all of your paperwork. You can start it for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, Google is everybody's friend. <laughs> I think that's what makes. So, I think that's what makes it look so tempting. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it look so tempting because if you take your passion and you take a couple of hundred bucks, you know, mm -hmm. you can you can really go. But then I think the 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 hook is what happens after that. When that you exactly. know, I tell people, I tell women, a lot of women that I work with. Um, what happens Monday morning at 8 o'clock when you're sitting in your home office or you're sitting yep. in your shared co-working space, then what happens? Exactly. Like that's and so, and the thing about it road. is, right, and, and the thing is, and, and there's a distinction between a nonprofit organization and a 501c3 charitable mm -hmm. nonprofit organization. So after you've got the nonprofit organization set up, which basically means that you're registered with the Secretary of State in your um, in your state as a nonprofit and you are form the and you tell them you're formed for a charitable, scientific, um, or educational purpose, then you after that, as far as they're concerned, you're a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And then you have to look at, okay, if I want to get five oh one C three status, which is a tax exempt status, which means now I'm eligible to apply for grants and, you know, I could do all mm -hmm. those things, then there's the application and the application fee for the for the IRS for that. But you have to have a nonprofit board now. Because right. you are a corporation. You're not an individual with a passion. You're not you. You have to have You're not you. Right. You have to have a board you have to have a board and you have to be the guiding the guiding voice on that board unless you bring somebody else who's gonna be the chairperson. And now you have to have an executive director and the person that's gonna do all the footwork. And now you need, you know, volunteers or staff. And now you need, okay, if we're gonna do programs then we need money or we need stuff. I mean, even if one of the things you're going to do is raise money to assist another cause, you still need money or you need services or you need people in order to help mm -hmm. you with that. So mm -hmm. there, there's this thing that I go through, and, you know, some people tell me that, you know, why are you trying to kill my dream and my passion when you tell me all of this? And I say, well, no, I'm not. I'm trying to make sure that what you're going to do is going to, one, make sense, two, be impactful, and three, be able to be sustainable and replicable. So right. if you get into something because you have a passion for it, and I ask you, okay, so what do you want to do with this? And where do you see this organization going? And you say, well, I just want to do this for a short period of time. Then it's not in your best interest to start another nonprofit. Instead, right. partner up with somebody that's already out there. Because there are plenty of people who are out there who are doing things, who are looking for money and resources and volunteers and time and partnerships. So take your passion and put it into something that's already out there that's, that's making a difference 
And then you can add your talents and your gifts and your abilities to making their organization that much better so that if you burn out or if you point where you're like, you know what, I have another life I need to actually go back to, then Mm -hmm. the, the good that you started doesn't stop because you put your efforts into something or someone that is going to do the work where you can, you know, funnel your resources to. Well, that's because exactly. Because if you don't want to, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, because that's, you don't want to have a situation where you start and you get this this groundswell of support. Because again, it's not just about you. When you start a nonprofit or you get you want to get involved in a nonprofit um, cause, it's not always just about you. It's about the people that you're impacting. And so once we get past our own reasons for starting it, we have to look at, okay, if I'm starting this great work and I'm passionate and I'm throwing my all into it, then what happens if I decide I don't want to do this anymore? Or what happens if life happens and you can't do it anymore? So now the people that you were servicing don't get those services anymore. Where do they go? Well, that's that. You know, basically, that's what I did, and that's when I when I finally realized that that wasn't for me. That I wanted to just tell people, raise awareness for ovarian cancer, and not be bogged down by all of the other uh, minutia that that's required to maintain that status. Well, I have been tweeting and I've been sharing, and I'm now following you on uh, Twitter. I'm going to make sure that we add you to our blog today, Women's Women's News Daily. So I'm so excited that you were able to join us today. Can you share one last final thought um, at the close of today's show? Well, the the final thought that I want to leave with with people is um, it's okay to be passionate about something, be knowledgeable about how to do it. Mm, I love that. I love that. And on that note, thank you very much for calling in today. This was very informative. And I, and I just want to keep the dialogue going because within the United Nations community, I work that we have um, officially just over 1,450 um, NGOs, which are non-governmental organizations that are affiliated with the United Nations Department of Public Information. And we are constantly getting, receiving emails from these organizations either trying to get funding, trying to develop their boards where there's some shortfall. So there, there is definitely a need for what you do. So I will circulate your information within our community and wish you prosperity. And we're just going to keep this, this, this dialogue and conversation going. Um, everybody, oh, awesome. thanks for listening. Everybody, thanks for listening today. For more information, log on to womensnewsdaily.com. And always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.